Was 2022-23 the most disappointing season of Canucks history? Holy, there's a lot of disappointment to choose from. Kyle and I are going to break into it here. We'll try not to disappoint you as much as the Vancouver Canucks. It's Begsy and it's Bowen. And you're listening to Locked On Canucks. You're Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is it, Kyle. We made it to the end, the end of the 2022-23 season for the Vancouver Canucks. And guess what? You're here listening to Locked On Canucks, your team every day. My name is Trevor Beggs, Canucks writer and credentialed media member for Daily High Vancouver. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NHL60 and use code NHL60 for 60% off plus free shipping. And on today's episode, we're going to get into the Vancouver Canucks. Was this the most disappointing season in franchise history? We're also going to get into a pretty big schedule tonight. The Vancouver Canucks on their last uh, the last day they play games this season. Uh, lots of lottery implications. But first, let me introduce my co-host. He got up like three hours earlier than usual to record with me today. Kyle Bowen. How you doing, buddy? Good morning. Good morning. I actually got up maybe like an hour earlier than I usually do to do this, but I got out of the house. I didn't spend so much time cooking in the morning. It feels good to be here. I'm not going to lie. The full day is right in front of me. Hey, the full day is maybe right in front of you too. I don't know when you're listening to this, but we do really appreciate it right here on Lockdown Canucks. We'll get to the comment. Yes, we only got one comment on our last episode, but it's okay. One comment is way more than good enough. All right, for real. It's all about the people. We get to the comments at the end of the show because we save, again, the best for last. Locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs, your team every day. Let's get into it. The worst season slash most disappointing season in Canucks history? I think so. I think so. I think it was another season where the same same bullshit happened. And we weren't really expecting it, even though the writing was somewhat on the wall based on the defense and the amount of luck that was needed for this team to kind of take the next step. But again, a lot of a lot of disappointment. In fact, the most disappointment in franchise history based on the fact that, again, we're just seeing the same things over, over and over again. And we saw it this whole, whole year. And it's not fair. It's not fair that we're in game 82 and there's no game 83, game 84, game 85, game 86, game 87 for my people this city and Vancouver Canucks fans around the world. Look, I, I see where you're coming from, Kyle. You know, this team has missed the playoffs since seven of the last eight seasons. And the one time where they did make the playoffs was during those odd COVID times where, you know, hockey players played in the bubble in front of no fans. So it's been way too long since the Canucks have played the playoff game. That being said, I think for, for yourself and those who think that this is the most disappointing season in franchise history, you got way too much recency bias in your head look i i can i can list off and i'm going to list off three other really disappointing seasons from the past decade that i would argue are probably even more disappointing than this season you know i would argue 2013-14 when john tortorella came in came into you know give one last kick at the can for this canucks core and, and i don't know if people had quite stanley cup aspirations that season but there's certainly aspirations of you know making some more noise in the post postseason and what happens the canucks finish with one of the worst records in the nhl so I think 2013-14 was an absolute 
uh, for lack of a better term, show. Sorry, now you got to bleep two things here in the first five minutes, Kyle. Um, so yeah, I would say 2013-14 was more disappointing. 2016-17, the last year of the Willie D era. And again, the Canucks maybe weren't expected to be good, but that offseason, they made some changes. They signed Louis Erickson long-term. They brought in Erica Branson, and it all crashed and burned. And it was one of the most unwatchable. It was probably, in my eyes, the most unwatchable season uh, in the 20-plus years oh, yeah. that I've watched the Vancouver Canucks. And then finally, I'd say 2020, 2021. You know, the Canucks were coming off that bubble playoff run. And, you know, you on our old network, you said that you predicted the Canucks are going to win the North Division. <laughs> And uh, so I guess, you know, based on the expectations that season, like the Canucks were supposed to, you know, move forward. You know, they'd just come off of a semifinal berth. They were supposed to keep forging ahead and everything went backwards. And now they've had three really disappointing seasons in a row. So I would say all three of those seasons were more disappointing than this year for me personally. Yeah. Okay. Recency bias. All right. That's why I'm using uh, the rhetoric that, again, this season was the most disappointing season ever. Hey, I'm in the moment. I'm in the moment these days. All right. Just thinking about the moment and realizing that it's the only thing that matters. And it would have been nice for this team. To, okay, it's one thing to make the playoffs, which should matter. It, it would even be another thing for them to just give the fan base a little bit more room to have meaning, meaningful hockey being played. And I'm I'm saying this in a in a season where the first round or the first two rounds of the NHL draft are supposed to be stacked and prospects galore. But look at where we finish in the standings and look at what we're going to finish. We're going to beat the Coyotes tonight. Let's be real. Let's be honest. We're middle of the pack team once again. So it would have been nice for this team to just even give a, a little bit more purpose to the people's hockey viewing this season, but they gave us nothing. They gave us nothing. I mean, I know yesterday we were super positive about, the individual accomplish accomplishments of this team. You know, we talked about Patterson's 100 points. Yo, I'm going to say it again. That don't matter. It don't matter at all. Nothing really mattered this whole season. In fact, it, it was pretty obvious going into like February. Actually, that's a bit of a lie because when we saw the Horvat trade, there was a little bit of room there where I was like, okay, maybe this team's going to take a rebuilding approach and like, you know, we're going to, the philosophy is changed and things will be different. But then right away, we saw the heroic trade, and again, boom. It's obvious that their, their, their marbles are in for next season. Now, 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 next season, I think the, the expectations, I don't know if they're going to be super high, but the want for the result to be way, way different than it's normally been is going to be really, really high. I think, I think we're going to want this team to collectively outperform what – they have on paper and what they have on paper is not, you know, the best team in the NHL. They're not, they're not, I don't even think they're like top 10 roster in the NHL, but there's just, just demand for, again, having more than what we're witnessing or what we're used to witnessing. And the only way that can happen is if a lot of these players exceed expectations, but yeah, tie it back to this season. Look at the way it even started. I know we're coming off of that Boudreaux era. I'm not saying I was one of these people who thought the Canucks were going to light the league on fire. I just thought they were going to be better. And look at the way they started. They started in such an embarrassing fashion. In such an they, they broke records for the amount of multi-goal leads they blew to start a uh, did I say that right? To blew to start a season. It was just it was just gross. And then the whole Boudreaux thing, that was just gross and embarrassing. The, it, it's it's disappointing. Okay, how about this? Was it the most disappointing season in Canucks history, or was it, was it one of the most embarrassing seasons in Canucks history? Yeah, 
again, I think the difference in your opinion and my opinion is that you know you're you're thinking more in the moment, and I'm I'm trying to put some respect on no, other things that happen in Canucks history and you know pain that you know fans from other generations have to suffer through. So I, I think it's up there for sure with the way they handled Boudreaux and the the way that everything played out the season in terms of the multi blown goal leads and just absolutely poor defensive play. And, and bro, uh, Trevor, I was so- Trevor, I gotta cut you off. Like seriously, and the fact that this team is gonna finish where they finish. That's disappointing too. Yeah. Right back in yeah, the middle. I agree. Like they're teetering I, between like the, the second and third tier. Like it just it's gross. There's no gain. It's again, a lot of praying is gonna have to be done this offseason. It's not for a lot of change in, in the offseason because I just don't see that happening. It's just a matter of having this roster and the players that show up to training camp training cap exceed expectations right away, play their best hockey have like those peak seasons it's dude it's going to be one of those seasons where everything has to go right and beyond yeah yeah in terms of it's being the most embarrassing season i think a couple of things i do want to say you know 2013-14 with torch fighting hartley and you know the canucks out like just imploding you know it's pretty much the end of an era there uh 2016-17 the team brings in erickson and gabranson as re as big reinforcements to play big roles in this team embarrassing and then going back to even the 90s, like when Keenan gutted the team and made Messier captain over Linden, mm-hmm. that was probably, in my opinion, the most embarrassing season in Canucks history, 1997-98. Yeah. That one point I do want to make before we uh, get to segment two here, I will say that this season, for me, was dis- more disappointing than last season, 2021-22. Uh, I will say they're comparable, but the big reason for me why this season was more disappointing is because Jim Benning got fired last year. <laughs> and that was a franchise-altering move for the Vancouver Canucks that needs to be celebrated because, you know, he had absolutely just run this team into the ground with the way he'd built this team. So there's mm-hmm. more hope for me. There's more optimism in the air um, be- just because that happened. So, you know, I think last season and this season are comparable in terms of disappointment, but the fact that Benning got canned last year and he's not hanging around to, you know, muck this team up even more uh, makes this season... Uh, more disappointing just because, again, even though Benning's not here, same level of disappointment, but, you know, the team's still spinning their tires. Spinning spinning their tires and doing the same BS over and over again. And once again, uh, there's a part of the fan base that just just is clinging on to all these moral victories with all these new players joining the lineup and playing garbage-feeding teams for real. Oh, 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 they better lock up high rolls for a long time. This guy's going to be a a great (laughs) – dude, are you really – you really want to do that? Like, how do we know? We were, we, look at the way, look at who they played to end off the season. They played AHL teams. Yeah. And, and you know, coming up tonight uh, for their last game of the yeah. season, they're playing another AHL quality team. But hey, the Coyotes did beat the Canucks already once this season. We're going to hope for the same results tonight. But coming up in segment two, we're going to look at uh, the slate of games um, and, and the schedule in terms of teams who are around the Canucks in the standings. And we're also going to award our Tank Commander of the Year award. As we get to the final game of the season here on Locked On Canucks. But before we do that, I, I got to tell you, and we haven't talked about this in a few episodes, but, you know, I'm feeling healthier of late. You know, I haven't had a, a drink. I haven't had a toke. I haven't had any of that in over a month. Just been studying, being healthy. And, you know, part of the reason I'm feeling healthier is because I've been eating Built Bar. Hey. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise that taste, then, man, I got just a thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, these Built Bars are so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. What makes Built Bars so good, Kyle? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. 
and they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Bill does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What are they? I don't even know. Go Google it. And what's better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can order your favorite flavor of Built Bars today at Built.com. Nice, bro. Built Bar, you're looking good, looking fresh. It's uh, early in the morning. We got the energy locked on Canucks, Kyle Bowen. Trevor Beggs, I guess we should preface that. You know, I think when we talk about the most disappointing regular seasons of, you know, the the, the franchise's history, I think that, I think for all of the, all of these cases, it's, it's when the team doesn't make the playoffs. Because if you look at, like, most disappointing overall uh, years in Canucks history, I think you, can, you could bring back, like, you know, West Coast Express, losing to the Wild. Even you can bring back, again, recent sort of, you know, losing to the Kings in the first round after winning your second straight president's trophy. Like those things are, you know, let's be honest, those are way more disappointing. But I think we're talking about seasons that ended in uh, mediocrity slash you just you just suck. Yeah, 100 percent. And and I think when today's NHL, you know, 31 of 32 teams are going to end the season with a level of disappointment. Right. That's what happens when only one team can win the Stanley Cup. But yeah, for me, uh, there's obviously you know bitter pain and sadness when your team loses in the playoffs. But at least, at least you got there and you accomplished mm-hmm. something and you had a good season, a good journey along the way. So yeah, uh, the Canucks are not there this year, but they are fighting for is a better shot at drafting Connor Bernard or Adam Fantilli. Let's just throw that out there again. We've run the draft lottery simulator a couple times uh, here on Locked On Canucks. The Canucks have finished second on two occasions of the ten times we run it. So yeah, you know they're probably getting Adam Fantilli. Just uh, going to mark it now. But they would help their odds by losing in regulation to the Arizona Coyotes tonight. And before I get to the rest of the schedule in terms of what matters to the Canucks tonight in terms of cheering, I want to award our tank commander of the year. And Kyle, I don't know if you're looking at my notes or if you have a good guess at uh, who this tank commander might be. Oh, just uh, just tell me, man. Tell me straight up. Tell the people, man. Actually, let me take a guess. The tank commander, are you basing this off like the whole whole spiel? Whole or season. Like, talk about the today? Season. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're doing Tank Commander of the Week, but this is Game 82. We need a loss tonight. We need our Tank Commander of the Year to really uh, take charge. Who's starting tonight in net? Uh, it's supposed to be Colin Delia, but not confirmed yet. Damn, okay, Tank Commander. That's a great question, man. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like it would have to be him, you know? Just just suck today, please. <laughs> uh, close, but no cigar. It is Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers is your 2022-23 Canucks Tank Commander of the Year. Uh, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to HockeyStatCards.com. Uh, again, that's pretty much an, un, an unpaid-for plug right there. But uh, they basically comp- uh, they, they take data from the Athletic and Natural Stat Trick, and they, they have a score called your game score average. So this season, uh, among Canucks that are still in the lineup, Tyler Myers has the worst game score average this season of minus uh, 0.31 on the season. His game score total is minus 23.87, which is far worse than any other Canuck on the team. Um, so I'm saying if the Canucks need, a, the Canucks need a loss tonight, you know, mm-hmm. don't never mind playing Quinn Hughes 30 minutes, play Tyler Myers 40 <laughs> minutes. Okay. Just get him out there the oh, whole damn man. game. Okay. Tyler Myers, your tank commander of the year. Uh, he has had a brutal season and uh, we need him tonight. We need the chaos. We need the chaos draft to, uh, uh, to do something. We need it. We needed that philosophy like weeks ago, man. Weeks ago. 
<laughs> okay, so I, I agree, but it's too late but, to be a revisionist, man. I'm talking about tonight's game. Fair, fair Tyler enough. Myers, fair 40 enough. minutes. Tyler Myers playing 40 minutes. You just you know what? Bring back OEL. Put him out there. I know he's hurt. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even need to be hurt for real. Anyways, uh, you know how Pedersen just picked it up this season, right? Uh, there was a there was a quote from an article on Canucks.com talking about how he was able to out, uh, get out of that little rut that he was in uh, like a uh, hundred plus games ago by just working through the issues, just by going to work and figuring things out and finding his game by again, just going through work and working his ass off. So, so essentially he had to continue to play to find his game. Do you think that same type of philosophy was presented to Demko slash Demko presented that same philosophy to the Canucks. Like, yo, I know you guys want to lose games, but I need to play here to be ready for next season. Yeah, that's, that's a great question. I, I do think there was certainly an element of Demko wanting to play and know that he could get back to the level he was at because, you know, at the end of the day, he had a great season last year, but that ended last April that ended 12 months ago yeah. in that span. He has a five month off season, comes back, sucks for two months and he's injured for three months. It's, you know, it's like 10 months of, either not playing because of injury or off season or playing terribly. So I, I think it was important for Demko to come back, get that starters low. You look at, uh, I think if Dealey plays tonight, Demko will have played 17 of the Canucks last 23 games since he came back to the lineup, which is around a 60, uh, a 60 start per year pace, which is probably what he's going to play for the Canucks next season. So um, uh, again, it looks like, he, he's back to being his old self. I wouldn't say he's at that top five goalie in the NHL uh, realm that he was in last year, but he's certainly back to being a top 10 NHL goalie. And again, well, okay, like, so, just, go ahead. So, no, no, it's like this is why October and November are so important for the Vancouver Canucks because of what they pulled off towards the end of this season. It started with the Heronic trade, and then it actually started with firing Talkit, then the Heronic trade, and then making sure Demko got all the starts in the world. And you're essentially losing out on your chance to not only get Connor Bedard, but to just draft in the top five, the top six, the top seven. I Didn't didn't the Canucks draft Quinn Hughes at number seven? Am I correct on that? Like, if, it's, it's just astonishing, man. I know it's easier said than done, and these are professional athletes, and it's really hard to get people to buy into losing, but systematically and as an organization, there were steps that could have been put in place to make sure that the Canucks continue to, you know, give this organization the best chance to add a player that could make an impact sooner. Maybe not next season, because, you know, if you're going to like, if you're going to draft at three, four, five, six, that players might not play next season. It's all good. But just for the future, and what we saw towards the end of the season was better hockey great goaltending, and a lot of Elias Patterson, a lot of Quinn Hughes. Yeah, they played these games. They weren't hurt, but this is – we're talking about Tockett playing Quinn Hughes like 26, 27 minutes a game. Like, these games really matter. So, yeah, just another reason why October and November are so, 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 so important because even though it's not smart and not even real – it's not even – What's the word I'm looking for? You used it earlier about like looking back in the past. Like there's no point of it. Revisionist. Right? Yeah. No point being there's a revisionist. No, there's, no, yeah. there's no point of it. But if we see bad hockey, AKA a lot of losses 
in October and November, dude, Vancouver Canuck fans, we're allowed to look back on February, March, April. We're allowed to look back at the talk. Like, why did you do it? You did it because oh, you wanted them to have a good start. So it's, it's, it's interesting times, man. It's, it's like October, November. It's going to be the most important time for this team and this franchise. And it could go either well, not even really well, just, you know, just be above water or it could be, holy crap, this is super dark. There's 14,000 people in the building. Nobody cares about the Canucks again. It's uh, yeah, this is uh, this is as all in as it gets for a team that's, you know, trying to just play competitive games in April. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like you said, it's, it, it'll be fair to look back at kind of what's transpired these last couple of months. If the team really sucks next season. And at the end of the day, this is what happened. This is what's happened in this market for a while now. It's like mm-hmm. when the team's bad, everything gets overanalyzed. Like we're gossiping about like Miller and Horvat having a feud and all this crap. All the BS. Like, we're not talking all, about all, games. We're not talking about games, bro. Yeah. We're not talking about the other yeah. team's lineup. We're not talking about the other team's goalie. We're not talking about rivalries. We're not talking about what happened the last time these two teams play. Like, dude, that's what we should be talking about. And I hope Unlocked on Canucks and every other show covering the Canucks. And, you know, I just hope all the fans can get back to actually being a hockey fan because this is more soap opera-like than hockey team following-like. It's It's got to change, and it's got to change. And I, I keep saying October and November, it's got to change in September. That's yeah. when it's got to change. Or it's got to change tomorrow when the season ends. Like, the summer is that important. I'll actually stick to that. It's got to start tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen the changes with the organization, the management, the coaching. I- I've been super lenient, and you've been super lenient. And I think a lot of us have been super lenient on the players. Dude, starting tomorrow, accountability has to start on the ice and work its way up. It's just the way, only way it's going to work. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Sorry, you cut out for a second there, but I I, I heard what you said about accountability. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. Let, let's hope it starts again tomorrow and not yeah. tonight. Let's look at the schedule quickly <laughs> for tonight. Again, the Canucks can finish as low as eighth worst or as high as 11th worst. So there's there's a pretty decent swing. That's the swing between 3% odds and 6% odds at uh, either a top overall pick or the odds for Connor Bedard. So uh, Kyle might run this, the lottery simulator one more time, but... Uh, Here's what I'm going to tell you about the schedule tonight. Again, the Canucks need a loss against Arizona. Uh, if they beat Arizona and St. Louis uh, either loses or loses in overtime to Dallas, then the Canucks will finish as the 11th worst team. Um, so that's not a good scenario. So we need St. Louis to beat the Dallas Stars. Okay, they lost to Dallas last night. Second to back-to-backs. Let's go, St. Louis. Get her done. Uh, Washington, you're cheering for Washington to beat the New Jersey Devils. Washington is currently two points back of the Canucks. But if they win while the Canucks lose, uh, Washington will be tied with the Canucks in points and beat them on the tiebreaker, which is regulation wins. And finally, Detroit Lightning, Steve Eisenman, go beat up on your old friends, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Detroit is one point ahead of the, uh, below the Canucks right now, ahead of them in the Batard odds. So we did a Detroit Red Wings win as well. So again, big swing for the Canucks tonight, last day of the regular season, and uh, lock it happen. I think, Kyle, when you're running it right now, Vancouver's in 10th. I'm sure we'll run it again once it's all said and done, but let's see. Uh, let's see how it, it cracks today. It, is it possible for us to still finish in tenth place when it's all said and done, based on yep. your math right there? St. Louis, if St. Louis wins and Detroit and Washington both lose, then yes. And we okay. Cool. Cool. Stay tight. Uh, nope, didn't get it done. We're drafting. Wow, Buffalo buffs jumps up ten spots there. That's uh, that's fascinating. Look at that. 
<laughs> anything can happen with the draft lottery all right we're gonna wrap up the show here in comment corner but before we do that i need to ask have you ever been stressed out buying tickets at the last minute because you, your boy begs you over here i'm a i'm a big last minute deals guy and i've found killer deals at the last minute with tickets on game time game time they got my back okay i get these emails from nicole at game time and she's always teasing me with concerts and events this week in my area not only are those emails a tease, but GameTime offers me flash deals on last-minute tickets. What's even better than that is that they have a lowest price guarantee along with event protection cancellation. Now, I have no choice but to get off my rear end and check out a show on a Friday night. Let me tell you a bit about the GameTime guarantee. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you with 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Game time, game time, game time. You're listening to Locked On Canucks right now. Kyle Bowen, Trevor Beggs. Beggs, he got a meeting in like negative 45 seconds so we got to get to comment corner pretty quick here okay the only comment we had thank god because again trevor's got to get out of here i asked the people who does Elias Pettersson remind you of this guy said datsuk i think he's more offensively skilled though and i actually mentioned that he reminds me of a combination of peter forsberg and nikita kucherov i've always said the kucherov thing i've always i've been recently talking more and more about the forsberg thing because Pettersson's Pedersen's a bit more physical than people give him credit for, and he's, he's tall. I'm not saying he's as, obviously, as a, as power forward like as Peter Forsberg. It's just like they sometimes play similarly. And then I did read something in Harmon's article speaking about how Marcus Naslin actually brought up the Peter Forsberg comparison too, just based off how they how they play in certain situations where they have players leaning off of them and all that jazz. Go read Harmon's article on The Athletic. Do you have any other names outside of Datsuk that he reminds you of? I know it's been kind of hard to answer this question because he is a bit of an alien, but is there anyone else? Yeah, just quickly, and I mentioned this, I think in our first week or two of doing Locked On Canucks, I, I mentioned Anze Kopitar, which is mm-hmm. a bit of a mm-hmm. bit of an odd comparable because they're just stylistically a bit different. But I kind of see him as a obviously a silkier, smoother, less physical Anze Kopitar. Uh, with more go. offensive firepower to his game. There you go, man. There you go. And we'll keep it short. Uh, leave comments at the at the end of the episode. I guess what, what you can leave comments whenever you want. Uh, what do you want the people answering today? Uh, we'll, we'll give them the question off the top, right? Was this the most disappointing season in Canucks history, regular season, that didn't involve making the playoffs, right? Boom, boom. Answer boom, below. bam. Boom, bam. Boom, bam. All right, that's it. Kyle, I got to run. You got to run. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Locked On Canucks, your team every day. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate the everydayers who tune into Locked On Canucks. Uh, coming up later this week, I got to give my thoughts on Quinn Hughes and the Norris conversation. And we also got uh, Harmon Dial, first guest on this iteration of Locked On Canucks, coming up next week. So uh, make sure you subscribe, like, follow, all that fun stuff. And we will love you long time. I'm Trevor Beggs. He's Kyle Bound, and we appreciate you listening for listening to this episode of Locked On Canucks. Peace, peace, peace. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.